Hi! Welcome back to Season 6 of Qubytes, your bite-sized pieces of quantum computing. My name is Rene from Valorum Reply, and today we're going to talk about quantum computing and the European Commission. And for this, I'm very honored to have a special expert guest from the European Commission today, Oscar Diaz. Hi, Oscar, and welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi, I'm Rene. Uh, fine, thank you, and thank you for inviting me. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background as it relates to quantum computing, high-performance computing, but also how you ended up at the European Commission, maybe? Uh, yes. Uh, so basically, my, uh, my background is in, in computer science. So my, I did my PhD in, back in, in, in computer science, and I've been working almost all my life in, in computer science. I've been, I moved uh, to London to work in the European Medicine Agency, where I was uh, head of data center. And I've been there for a few years, that it was an European institution. And later I, I moved into the European, from there I moved to Luxembourg, that is where I am now, the European Commission. And, and there I'm, I'm working as a, a head of uh, quantum computing at the, in the HPC and so High Performance Computing and Quantum Technologies Unit here in the European Commission in, in, in Luxembourg. And, and I've been there first in the HPC area for around five years, four or five years. And now the last uh, few years I've been working in quantum technologies and more in, in, the, in quantum computing. But uh, we, we are basically taking, taking care of all the, all the pillars, what we call pillars in quantum, compute, uh, in quantum technologies. Like it's quantum communication, quantum computing, quantum social methodology and quantum simulation. Gotcha. Well, that's quite a quite a bit. And so let's actually dive right into this, uh, what you're doing at the European Commission. So please tell us uh, what the European Commission is doing in the field of quantum computing for supporting research and startups. And maybe you also have a recent example for us. So we have been doing, or oh, the European Commission has been doing quantum since a long time. Uh, so it's, uh, to be honest, I think it just started in 1999 uh, and it was the first uh, region in the world to launch a, a public research program in, in quantum technologies. Uh, later in, in 2016, uh, basically the European researchers, uh, around 4,000, uh, they created and, and endorsed what it was called the, the Quantum Manifesto, that basically started to define the, the, the strategy for, for, for European research in, in quantum. And this basically was the what enabled the, the creation of the quantum flagship that is uh, the main program that we are having now. It's a 10-year initiative with a, a budget of approximately 1 billion euros. And basically what is the, the aim of the flagship is not only to support research, but also to transform, especially this space to transform the research, uh, of, the, the results of this research into industrial exploitation, basically real-life applications that uh, can, can be used by the by all the citizens. As I said, the, the flagship is a long-term project, uh, but basically we have uh, we just finished the first uh, phase of the of the flagship that it was from 18 to to, to, to this year, and, and we have uh, very good uh, very good results. Uh, in fact, the, the most successful, for example, European computing platforms started as project of the quantum flagship. A good example it could be, for example, we have one project that is called Pascal that it, uh, it's, uh, it's a French, uh, it's a French initiative, and, and another one, uh, another one that is called AQT, that it's basically was uh, it was 
pues, uh, is a version of the code, is a computing platform based on trap uh, iron. And this is also coming from, is coming from one of the projects that we have, it's, it was a project action. Uh, the company, for example, in this case, a, a company was created after this project, and they have produced a, a compact and ion trap uh, quantum computer that is basically they are based in, in Austria, and, and these are provided as standard to, I think it's 19 inch, so the standard racks, so two racks that can operate a room temperature can install it in installing in the standard data centers. In this case, for example, this computer has the, the world record of full entangled uh, particles or, or, or qubits, I think with 24 when, when it was, I think it was, this was at least a year ago. And, and basically, they, this, for example, in this case, they, is, uh, they, they, they have extremely low, low power consumption. It's around 1.5, I think, is kilowatts. So it's basically the same energy as a, a boil to boil a kettle. Um, just to say that we, so we have, as I said, a lot in, in research. We are uh, been pro promoting research in quantum technologies and quantum computers since a long time. But we are also doing uh, a lot uh, on uh, deploying infrastructure. This is a, diff a different program. We call it Digital Euro Program. And here we have two main projects. One is Euro QCI and the other one is uh, the, the quantum computing infrastructure. That this we are doing together with the Euro HPC. Uh, basically, what this provides uh, the deployment uh, of a quantum infrastructure in Europe and, and, and also for researchers to use this infrastructure. And as part of this initiative, uh, we just, I think, we announced, it was a few weeks ago, the selection of another uh, six hosting entities that will deploy quantum computers integrated as part of the supercomputers uh, based on different EU technologies. And, and the selection, basically, and the procurement process is similar to the one that we have used in the past with the supercomputers. Uh, just to, to finish as an example, during the first part of the flagship, uh, that is the first uh, until now, until 2022, just, that we, we just finished, um, we have, uh, we, we created, we were created 25 uh, spin-offs and 25 uh, startups, and I think it was more than 100 patents uh, that we did. Uh, so, so there's a lot of things that are going on on, on, on those areas. There are other, other, like, uh, other activities, but uh, I think we will not have too much to, do, to discuss it all here. Yeah, well, that's already quite impressive what the European Commission is doing in that space. And especially, like you're saying, like the funding is, I think, a really important part to get the ground research going. And then, well, you can turn it into commercial offerings, of course. But yeah, I mean, this is fantastic. So quantum is a big opportunity. but well, also, Fred, when we think about quantum computing and the security aspects of it and, you know, things like Shor's algorithm that will basically make today's cryptography obsolete. Like once we have powerful enough quantum computers and you run Shor's algorithm, you can do prime number factorization for large prime numbers and your RSA and other today's encryption algorithm are basically obsolete at this point when, when it happens, right? When once it happens, who knows when? Um, like I, I read a paper, it's the expert says five to 30 years. Let's see when, when this will happen. But that's the, um, at least the course prediction, right? So anyhow, uh, what are your thoughts on this? And um, is also the European Commission working on policies and regulations for the quantum computing field? Yes, so, so yes, we, we were working on that. Uh, uh, there are basically two. I think we are doing more or less similar similar actions to what other governments are and, uh, and 
readers are, are doing so that basically they were working in two main two aspects. The first one is basically is the use of uh, post quantum cryptography or PQC, basically is working on new algorithms that uh, will replace the 16-1 and that are better prepared for, for these attacks by, by quantum computers. This is normally do, done by another, by another group that is working in standard security. And, and the second activity is basically is what we are doing is everything that is related to quantum communications. I think I, I've seen some of your previous podcasts and you were talking to different, different, uh, different people were talking about this, this two topic on the, on the quantum communications. Basically, we are doing, we are working on the research, at uh, research level. Basically, for example, with the, the, the creation or the development of uh, quantum key distribution devices or QQT devices. And also, we are doing deployment, as I said before, deployment of infrastructure and uh, quantum communication. That this is a, a project, a big project that we are also doing here in the Commission that is called EuroQCI. Basically, this is a secure quantum communication infrastructure that will span the, the whole EU. And the idea is that it will include a, both a terrestrial segment that will rely, it will be relying on, on fiber uh, communications network, uh, basically linking the different sites, uh, national, basically also between, between borders or cross border level. And also we will have, uh, as part of this uh, project, we will have a space segment, segment that it will be based on, on, on satellites. This is um, really interesting when you when you mention satellites, and it may, maybe also um, leads me to my second question. Um, well, you know, China, for example, has already quantum key distribution satellite operational since July. At least this was in the news, or August, or something like this. Uh, so basically, this summer they got the first quantum key distribution satellite uh, operational, and apparently are testing and using it already. So this is uh, really interesting. But what is the European Commission, or what is Europe in general, like not just the Commission, but what do you think is the difference uh, in terms of quantum computing if you compare it to other big governmental players that are active in quantum, like the US and China, and what is you know Europe doing differently and maybe better, you know? Okay, so, so basically, as I said before, it's uh, Europe has been funding, so we are very strong uh, in, in research, so on quantum research. So we have been funding this uh, research since on quantum technologies since a long time. We have uh, extremely good uh, researchers here. And, and as I said, not only quantum computing, but quantum computing is, is one of the areas where we are doing uh, research and we are uh, very well positioned in, in, in certain technologies. Uh, and as I said, we are working in all pillars. Uh, we are here, I understand here, this is more about the quantum, uh, quantum computing, uh, but we are also doing a lot of things, for example, in quantum sensing and metrology, and there is a lot of things that we are basically, they are, they are going to be commercialized, or they have been commercialized now, and they have really a really, a really big uh, impact, or for example, things related to quantum communication that we have been, uh, have been discussed. Also, we are doing, uh, we try to continue to do a lot of research on basic science, and also the training, uh, on, on training and, and creation of masters and basically the creation of the new future force for, for, for quantum technologies. In the, to, to be a little bit more specific, in the quantum computing area, we have been focused in a, in a wider number of technologies. So as, as you know, there are currently a lot of different technologies, uh, especially at hardware level, and we are not sure we'll be the, 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 we're going to be the winner of multiple hardware 
technologies we coexist. So, so we are working currently on the on the research on all these platforms, and we are also doing procurement of, uh, of quantum computers and simulation infrastructure. That uh, basically we are doing. This is something that we are doing also. Uh, we are pushing a lot here in Europe the integration with the HPC infrastructure. So we believe basically we believe that at least at the beginning the quantum computers will not replace the classical computers. Uh, and, and we believe that the quantum computers will enhance uh, the, 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 these supercomputers or these classical computers, uh, providing a speed up on some specific tasks that normally takes commonly takes a lot of uh, resources or too many resources on, on standard supercomputers or standard computers. And we see there's a kind of uh, accelerators that could help to speed up some of specific operations in order to reduce drastically the time. Uh, the year and here with the Euro SPC, what we are doing is uh, we are doing kind of uh, uh, leading this in the same way that has been doing with the procurement of supercomputers uh, for Europe. Uh, the focus here is the, 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 the whole quantum computing and the simulation ecosystem. So not only the hardware, so not only integrated at the hardware level, but also focus on all the software, all the APIs, uh, everything that needs to be done in order to integrate the, the the, basically the quantum and the, and the, and the classical uh, computers. So this, in this concrete example, the one that I was telling you, this will be what we are doing is deploying infrastructure, also uh, doing the integration with the, with the classical computers. Normally, in this case, will be supercomputers. But also, we will complement with actions that are part of basically uh, related to the skills and to the training of, of the workforce. Uh, we will also work on the creation of particular uh, software in specific use cases that could be interesting, like, for example, uh, efficiency, resource uh, efficiency of, uh, of uh, greenhouse uh, gas emissions. And, and I would like also to mention that one of the main, so all this is very good, one, one, still one, one, one of the main issues in Europe is the lack of uh, private funding. Uh, for these uh, initiatives compared to other regions in the world. And this is also that we are trying to, to sort it out. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. And, well, you didn't mention in, the, in your intro that you're actually also an associate professor for HPC at the IE University Madrid, right? Like, yeah. what do you teach your students actually about quantum computing? So, the course I teach is in, in supercomputers in HPC, and basically we focus on, on standard supercomputers technologies and basically parallel parallel programming models. But as you, you you know, there is an issue now with the supercomputer that is basically the end of what is called the end of Moore's law and also the, the increased use of electricity by the, the supercomputers. So scaling up these supercomputers is starting to become very complicated. We managed to go into the exascale. Uh, and not only this is done using accelerators like uh, GPUs. Uh, in the exascale, what we call exascale areas so or one one that uh, one explore. We are talking normally about 20 megawatts. That is a huge amount of electricity. You know now that electricity is the, the prices are increasing for, for all the geopolitical issues. And what we are now looking in species and new technologies and new models, artificial intelligence and neuromorphic computation is one. But currently, quantum computing seems that is a very good option in the, in, in the next future. So in my, in my course, uh, basically at the end of the course, we are uh, I think we have four lectures on the, what is, will be the future of HPC or where HPC is going, the trending. And this topic, uh, as you know, is moving very fast. In this module, in the first uh, lecture, 
I think we talk about courses as scale HPCs as scale and courses as scale, so this is the new, the new models of uh, the new <coughs> HPC models that are coming. Also, we have a second, in a second topic, we have an introduction on neuromorphic computing. And the third, I will dedicate, I dedicate two lessons just to talk about quantum computing and the integration with, uh, with, uh, with the HPC. Basically, we explore between these technologies, the platforms that are available, uh, software, I need how it works. And we have also a small assignment to create a quantum algorithm. And for that, we are using a European quantum-inspired platform that, uh, that it works very well and is in the, in the world's working in the cloud. So yeah, it's, it's a very interesting topic uh, also for, for people who are coming from HPC. Yeah, yeah. Yep, it makes, makes all sense. And like you're saying, I mean, quantum computing is very much related to HPC because it's a specific architecture, a specific um, design for solving specific problems, right? Like it's not going to replace a classical computer because like um, it's non-deterministic. And so it's like, you know, it's there's a bunch of things, but yeah, like you're saying, it's quantum computers are, are great for very specific problems, like these multi-dimensional problems that are um, exponentially growing. And uh, we just add another qubit, as easy as it is, add another qubit, you know, you get another kind of an exponential solving, uh, if you will. But anyhow, uh, we're already at the end of the show. Uh, thank you so much, Oscar, for sharing your insights today. Uh, that was very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ronnie, for, for the invitation. Well, and thanks everyone for joining us for yet another episodes of Qubytes, your bite-sized pieces of quantum computing. Uh, watch our blog and follow our social media channels to hear all about the next episodes. And of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you want to watch all the previous episodes or the ones from the current season, um, you can watch all season one to season six on our website, of course. Until then, take care and see you soon. Bye-bye.